0: Excuse me, but in Europe, we don't unilaterally invade another country just to steal their oil. This is They're All Going to Laugh at Him, episode 23. I'm Alex Sprague.
1: And I'm Jess Geyer.
0: And today, we watched our first sequel, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo.
1: Yeah, this is a podcast where we're watching all 60 Adam Sandler movies and Adam Sandler adjacent movies in a row every day. Why are we doing this?
0: We are doing this to understand the Sandman. To get into his head and see what kind of message he is trying to tell us. What does he believe? And by doing this, we're going to understand if he deserves all the hate.
1: And this is a movie that only has Adam Sandler. I mean, it's Happy Madison. Tell me about the Sandler, actually. Why am I stepping on your toes?
0: It's a one-star Sandler movie, which means it is made by Happy Madison... It's not produced by Adam Sandler. It's not written by him. He's only in it in an image or two. So while he is directly involved in the creation of the movie, it's safe to assume he's not the driving force behind it.
1: He does have one very funny cameo, though. Yes, he does. Where they do a, like the Baby of the Year-style <laughs> award show. I, I like that show. we
0: can't remember what that's called, except for the I-think-you-should-leave-now skits.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's like in remembrance or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And his name is his name is Javier Sambluski <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's it's just him doing the like the poking your finger through your your um, other fingers made in a circle, like the sex oh, thing. Yeah, the
0: OK symbol, and then you're putting a finger in and out of it, like you're doing sex.
1: And it's just him with a goofy ass face is he wearing a cowboy
0: hat or am i making that up okay he's
1: he's kind of dressed like the man in the yellow hat from curious george (laughs) that's how i remember it so
0: yeah and that's how i choose to remember it now
1: yeah that's that's just how i picture adam sandler now
0: yeah and um i want to point out to everyone that this movie is directed by mike bigelow
1: yeah i had to look it up to make sure it wasn't a joke but it it does have a different director from the previous one the previous guy was named mike mitchell so i thought that they were just making a joke nope
0: that part's pretty funny unfortunately for me that's kind of like about how funny as this movie gets i didn't like this one very much um it's very much in the fine with elements of like "Eh, i'm not enjoying this there was like there's a movie inside this script I really like same. that they never got to.
1: I disagree, but yes, okay.
0: Yeah, I, I I think we might be we're probably thinking the same thing, but like,
1: You're, are you thinking of the spy element, the murder mystery spy element? No. Oh, never mind.
0: I'm thinking about the the union of male gigolos. Oh. I, I, I found that to be very funny.
1: Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Um,
0: With all the jokes related to that stuff.
1: We are back, though, to some of the staples of the Happy Madison movies, like the horror movie references.
0: Yes, horror movie references. Um, It was interesting to see this movie put into light of a murder mystery, because we haven't seen them really genre switch at all.
1: Yeah, I think that this, yes, the movie was, I actually, the movie wasn't less funny for me than the previous one but it was more raunchy and gross in ways that it didn't need to be in yeah. my opinion
0: I, also while it was about just as funny it is a worse movie
1: it is it's it's a worse movie because a lot of the the core of the movie you know what why don't we get into that after i do the recap
0: yeah. um real quick
1: oh that's right we have some stuff to do how many times did you laugh
0: 35 times not bad i mean that's high i'll, I'll give you they're all like I don't know. It, it was just, the laughs were a little bit cheap. Basically, I laughed at like a lot of silly things, um, which is fine. That's like a good, a good way to like make. What, however, you make people laugh is normally pretty good as long as it's not like harmful to people.
1: Well, some of my laughs were due to discomfort.
0: Yeah, I can feel and that. And
1: grossness.
0: Well, yeah, there's a full scene that I laughed at that was like nasty um and was there's a few so of those gross. but there's also the scene with tj and rob schneider in the chicken and waffles place i found hilarious i thought that was the best scene in the movie and i laughed like seven times doing that
1: that was a pretty good one
0: yeah we'll get to that later um real quick If you want to recap the movie, because it's like one paragraph long.
1: I want to guess guess how the critics rated it. (laughs) We have things to do. I think critics rated it in the, it's like between 15 and 20. And And I think the audience score was like 30. I think that this was not very well liked.
0: Yeah, you're basically right. Uh, 9% from critics, 33% from audience.
1: Yeah, well, I think this is probably our worst rated movie.
0: No, Uh, Master Disguise. If we take that oh. out, I think you're right.
1: Oh, you're right. Master of Skies was a much worse movie. At least, you know, this movie had some good elements. Let me let me go about doing this. Um, the movie opens with what I think is a very Secret Agent-esque, like, thriller-type beginning. It doesn't have Rob Schneider in it. It has this handsome male gigolo, which is I know is redundant. But he ends up getting killed, um, murdered. And uh, this is the basic plot of the movie. Someone is killing gigolos in Amsterdam. And um, it's, it's a murder mystery story. We learn at the beginning that Deuce's wife is dead because of a terrible sh- uh, turtle feeding accident.
0: <laughs> that, that whole bit got me pretty good, too. There was there hamburger was grease on the lettuce they were trying to feed turtles. And it attracted sharks and killed his wife. That's just classic joke.
1: I do like, though, that, you know, Kate and it, Kate and him got married, which I liked, and they seem to have a very loving relationship. So the only thing that he has left of her is her leg, because if you recall from the previous movie, she had a prosthetic leg and uh, the the scene that we get Rob Schneider opening with, he, he accidentally causes dolphins to go wild and um, hurt a bunch of senior citizens and uh, he goes to visit TJ in Amsterdam.
0: Because <laughs> the police are looking for him.
1: Yeah, the police are looking for him. So he goes to Amsterdam, where prostitution is legal. And not only that, but they have a union of male gigolos. And we we get to see the union of male gigolos. Um, they're all from all over Europe. They, they're they dressed in nice clothes, with um, the exception of Norm MacDonald, who's a <laughs> Scottish guy. Yeah. Who does a Jaws reference Mm -hmm. yeah they're all very fancy but they're being murdered one by one someone is murdering them and deuce actually uh he witnesses a murder one of the murders well he doesn't see it happen but heinz hummer the 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 man with a very large penis is murdered in an alley and he just sees the killer walk away Uh, And he takes him back to TJ's houseboat. And uh, TJ finds out, like, no, this guy's actually dead. And TJ tries to dispose of the body. And that's why the police think that he is the killer. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the meantime, too, Deuce, outside of the police station, meets... uh, Well, he meets Gaspar, who is the detective working on the case, who thinks that that TJ's the murderer and wants to apprehend him. And uh, his niece... Uh, who, uh, what's his, What's the niece's name? Ava. Ava. She's not given too much of a character. She has obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. I mean, her tics are super exaggerated. Yes. But some of the things that, like, happen are, are pretty, like, not being able to touch a doorknob. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Deuce uh, starts gigoloing again so he can try to track down the real murderer because they assume that it's one of the, what they call, she-johns. Uh, who are dating these uh, gigolos? So he tracks down the the book full of all of the like the meetings where the where the male gigolo union is uh, like where they keep track of their stuff, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really work. He goes on a couple of dates, and it's very similar to the first movie.
0: Yeah, this was the most stagnant part of the movie for oh, sure. Yeah. Where they just, hey, was this the part they liked in the first movie? And the answer is no.
1: Yeah, the answer was no. But he finds out that the that Ava like has a the the leopard coat and the wig and the lipstick that the serial killer uses. So he goes to tell the detective. Well, we know that it was the uncle all along because the uncle's dropping hints that it definitely was him instead because mm-hmm. they live together. I mean, eventually they sort that out because Ava helps. But he murders Gigolo's because they uh had sex with his fiance and he penis pumped his own dick to the point of explosion
0: yeah uh he was in school he was in the four-year program to become a gigolo yeah um and when he was a freshman apparently uh blew off his own dick with a pump so
1: yeah because his fiance was like the not like the test subject she was almost being used you know like how a nude model works yeah so they were demonstrating what they called a Portuguese breakfast, which is a fake sex move involving eggs.
0: And Canadian bacon.
1: And Canadian bacon. But he's going to blow them up at the Golden Boner Awards or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is.
0: <laughs> God, retelling this plot. It's so
1: funny. Uh, well, you also wrote this. So yeah. I'm like filling in some of the stuff. And I love the I love the last line he wrote. He tries to blow them up, but Deuce uses the power of being vaguely accommodating to women to save the day.
0: I mean, tell me where the lie is.
1: No lie. There is no lie.
0: Yeah. That, uh... Um
1: and the movie ends with him finally processing his grief of over his late wife and giving the leg away to a woman who also only has one leg, but she turns it into a bong. The
0: end. That was pretty funny, actually. That was it a was good, pretty funny. That was a good yeah,
1: bit. <laughs> Yeah.
0: But yeah, so basically it's a murder mystery version of the first one, but uh slightly worse. And I remember directly when we were done, you said it was slightly more offensive to you. I found it slightly less offensive.
1: Really? Interesting.
0: It was grosser, but like there's a huge subplot of TJ being homophobic, which was mm-hmm. offensive.
1: He's homophobic, but it's in that the rest of the world is homophobic and he's afraid to have that happen to him it's not mm. that he doesn't like gay people it's that he yeah. doesn't want to be perceived as gay throughout the whole movie the media is calling him a gay killer yeah because he was looking at the guy's heinz hummer's penis because he wanted to see what the deal was yeah
0: he called it what professional curiosity yeah. But like yeah, there you see headlines that say like extremely gay murderer still loose and
1: And that's that's one of the themes that I wrote down is this idea that homosexuality is seen as more villainous or more scandalous than murder is.
0: Yeah. But like the way I actually see it is that's that's more a hit towards the media because that's totally what they would say. Like No,
1: that's exactly that's, what I'm saying yeah. is Like, it's one thing to have a murderer. Like, let's take Ed Gein, for example, since Mm -hmm. he came up in a previous movie. Yeah, he killed people, but he also dressed up like a woman. Ew! Yeah. That's scandalous. It adds this element of of scandal to it.
0: And I think they parodied that pretty well, actually. And I, I tended to not find that aspect of it too troubling for myself. How they... How they treated race though in this movie again. Oof. That, yeah, that was big. There
1: were a lot of Asian jokes. Yeah. And I think I think that's super harmful because Asian men suffer from a lot of racism. Like like really bad. Like if you mm-hmm. look at dating sites, a lot of people will like a lot of people will refuse to date Asian men because of certain stereotypes. Whereas they fetishize Asian women. Mm-hmm. So um that's like the sexualization of of Asians in general is just very disgusting and gross.
0: Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. This um, mm-hmm. and there's some even there's some worse jokes than the the sexualization too in that vein mm-hmm. that I don't want to really get into. But yeah, it's just offensive racism.
1: Yeah, I mean Rob Schneider just likes being racist.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> I would I would be willing to say at this point he's probably just kind of racist. Um, Yeah, I I would be mistakes like this that often.
1: He constantly wants to do offensive caricatures, you know, and the fact you you told me I'm gonna do the like point of the one thing at one point TJ dresses up like Mickey Rooney for breakfast at Tiffany's.
0: Yeah, I know you didn't. I didn't think you would have uh, picked that up.
1: No, you pointed that out to me and I didn't I didn't pick it up. We he essentially played the same character in Eight Crazy Nights. Rob Schneider did with the horrible accent and all. Mm-hmm. So like he knows. I feel he knows what he's doing, right? He's yeah. gotta know.
0: Because like so they they actually use that. Um, they they turn it on its head because Eddie Griffiths does not Griffin use this as a racist portrayal he dresses up like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's and then just acts exactly the same. And I don't think I have to tell people if they... If you haven't seen what I'm talking about, you can Google just Mickey Rooney, Breakfast at Tiffany's and look at the images. It is, like, so fucking racist.
1: Every racist stereotype you can imagine against an Asian person is is brought up in that. So. Yeah.
0: Um, and then... They even do a scene where uh, Eddie Griffiths, who is a black man, is in blackface. What? Griffin. Oh, It's Griffin? I thought it was Griffith. Oh, wow. Oh, it's Eddie Griffin. Why do- I've been putting a T in there this whole time. But anyway, uh, he he disguises himself in a blackface, and Rob Schneider <laughs> asks him, like, who he's supposed to be uh, disguised as. He just says, another black guy. He's like, well, like, it doesn't really work, and... It's a whole bit, but I'm like, that That was pretty funny because they kind of see the whole, like, where it would be offensive, but it's turned on its head because he's not actually doing any of these, like, impersonations. And I really wonder if maybe Eddie Griffin, like, hates Rob Schneider and purposely did them in just his own thing. I don't know.
1: It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I, I Who saw knows? I saw
0: some stuff that he was very, quote-unquote, hard to work with on this movie. And I'm like, maybe because it was super racist. <laughs> yeah,
1: that might be it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they even have one section where Rob Schneider explains how the slave trade started to Eddie Griffin as if he wouldn't have known. I found that a little, like, eh. you know, yeah, Yeah. It worked really well as a joke at the time. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like...
1: Yeah. yeah, the I'm I, other apart from the homosexuality like being portrayed in the media as being scandalous, the rest of the movie plays out very similarly to the first.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think to be fair, they do have a few messages throughout the movie I liked. Um, specifically, they have Europeans call out Americans for their imperial imperialism and for like. The quote that I started this with, which is, excuse me, but in Europe, we don't unilaterally invade another country just to steal their oil. That was in a movie made by Americans in
1: 2005. Uh Uh-huh. But it's it's said by Fred Armisen, who's playing a French guy who's supposed to be like an asshole.
0: Yeah, but like, that's not the only time they call out America for being aggressive and imperialistic, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, it's really hard for me to tell whether or not this movie is portraying Europe as very progressive and forward-thinking, or if they're trying to portray Europe as, like, the what a 2005 conservative would believe Europe to be. It's know. really hard for me. It
0: seems slightly progressive to me, in my opinion, because they have, even though it's a joke, like, the male gigolo union is this group where they come up with the laws and they follow, like guidelines and they talk about how you know everything's safer now and like they're not using bad practices and illegal stuff
1: but at the same time it's deuce at the end who ends up being better than all of them
0: yeah well that's also because i do think that maybe rob schneider thinks that being uh slightly nice and accommodating to woman is what you need to do to win them over and yeah. not like <laughs> and not be like a decent person um it is like these these handsome men who spend all their time sexually pleasing women have no idea what a woman wants. I'm like, I mean, they're
1: which doesn't it doesn't make sense because Heinz Hummer is called by one of the one of the women that uh, Deuce dates. Heinz Hummer is called the most sensitive gentleman she's ever met. Yeah. Why would these Why would these women keep calling up the gigolos if it weren't for not getting their needs satisfied? You know. Yeah. Especially when you when you see Antoine, who makes a cameo appearance in this too. Antoine was one of the was the uh, other gigolo from the previous movie. He he was seen as like very sensitive and romantic in the in the first movie too. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. So like basically the ending plot doesn't make any sense. Um, no. No. Also the fact that he was following the same or he was meeting with the same woman that Hans already had. Yeah. And basically it's seen, he he does his gimmicky thing of, quote unquote, like, not fixing them, but accommodating them in a way that makes them feel good about themselves. Um, yeah,
1: it's, it's not that they're, I hesitate to call them disabilities, but I guess I'm just going to call them disabilities since.
0: In the original kind of they were, in this one they're yeah. not, they're just kind of goofy stuff in this one.
1: Yeah, like big ears or a penis for a nose. <sighs> he doesn't fix them. He doesn't have them fix themselves with cosmetic surgery. He has them, like, do other things for their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I like the message that you don't have to change who you are fundamentally in order to be seen as attractive or valuable. I like that.
0: Yeah, it is, though, the accommodation, in my mind, what I'm seeing is that this Hans Hummer fellow wasn't, like, worried about these things that... um deuce is. he's not trying to change them or do anything about that he was just being good company to them whereas deuce feels the need to step into their lives
1: yeah that's that's true
0: they're happy about that but like it is like this weird savior complex
1: yeah it's definitely a weird savior complex yes
0: because like i mean there's a scene where a woman has a what's what's the term for the the back
1: oh um she has a she has a hump on her back
0: yeah and he like cuts out a backpack so when she wears it to college she'll just look like every other student and i'm like yeah like she wouldn't have thought of that dude she's had this shit for 18 years you never thought she she thought like hey maybe i'll wear a backpack like it's (laughs) it's really belittling to the intelligence of someone else basically because it's not like deuce is smart in the movie he's a, a fucking idiot they,
1: he is. They have to.
0: He can't figure out who murdered all these people. So the bad guy like tracks him down to tell him because he's angry and crazy.
1: Yeah, and he can't like figure out what a space cake is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he gets high and then walks into a painting. I didn't really get that part.
1: It was a little yeah. I mean, they. The problem is, behind all of that is a murder mystery that I was actually pretty into. Because I think that they did, if you look at it as a skeleton of a murder mystery, I think that they did a decent job. They set up the beginning to make it, like, they're letting you know this is a tonal shift. We have this guy in his James Bond-esque car, and he gets killed at the beginning. I loved that. I was, like, ready. I was pumped up for that. They they, um, do set up red herrings throughout the movie, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, You have the detective, who in this case is Deuce, chase down false leads. Mm. While the audience gets to see evidence being collected, even if Deuce doesn't know know that this evidence is happening, we still do get to see it. Yeah, it foreshadows the detective being the person who is the killer at the end because he knows exactly what lipstick it was that was used. Like he knows all this stuff. He dismisses things out of hand. Um, you could make that prediction ahead of time with the evidence that you're given. And I think it does reach a satisfying uh, conclusion, even though, of course, Deuce doesn't act the part of a normal detective. Mm. The framing of the whole story is a perfect formulaic murder mystery. Yeah. Right, like, right down to the prologue where you get the first murder. Like, it's it's very Agatha Christie. The parts that didn't work for me were the parts that they basically copied wholesale from the previous movie.
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like, they... They, they hammered them two together, and it didn't really work that well. No. They should have had him go undercover, basically. Yeah. Which, he could have done a racist caricature of someone and gone away with it.
1: <laughs> God, Alex, no. He like, wouldn't have gotten away with it.
0: What I'm saying, though, is like, he could have showed up as all the other gigolos who were afraid to leave because they were being murdered. In this movie, done differently, he could have <laughs> showed up as the Dutch one the uh, that He was great. All the other ones. Yeah. Like, Assopolis is great. Assopolis. And, it, like, I know it wouldn't have been great, but if he's undercover, I mean, I know I'm saying, you know, do, do racist characters, but that's, like, they're already going to be racist in the movie. Just make Rob Schneider do it, at least. Like, I mean, it, it all matters because, you know, they do point out American imperialism and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that could have been an interesting way to get into that type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That said, they didn't.
1: No. The thing
0: I really liked, though, was this male gigolo union. I thought this idea was really funny. I They have, like, all these... There's so much, uh what, like, pomp and circumstance to it. They have these meetings. They're all, like, yeah. voting on things and showing the benefits of unions. And I kind of wish they got more into the differences uh, of amsterdam in america because they point out that like he can legally get high but they don't point out like you know the effects of legal prostitution on the rest of uh the community because like Mm -hmm. all his problems in the first one were because someone was able to blackmail him for being a male prostitute it would be hilarious to see someone try to blackmail him and he's like no it's just legal there it's fine
1: that's one of the things that i wish that they had changed oh they hadn't changed in the ending because when detective Gaspar says that he like when he first talks about his motive about why he did it he talks about how the legalization of prostitution and marijuana has brought so many tourists that are just ruining the country but then they give the backstory about the like how he wanted to be a gigolo I wish they had just stuck with the, this is ruining my country thing, because then you could have had that, you could have dug into that theme a little bit better with, hey, these are reforms that make the old guard upset.
0: I agree. It should have been one or the other. But I do see what they were going for with the, like, I only hate these people because I think that they belittled me in the past. But yeah technically they kind of did so i wish he had a perceived slight is basically the thing like he was interested in a woman who didn't like him but she did meet with a gigolo and that made him angry like that would have been more interesting
1: that's another thing that they should have dug into too because there's a scene where deuce thinks that ava is a is um uh, an adult film actress. Mm-hmm. And he gets, like, super mad jealous and says, like, you yeah. don't have to do this, which is hypocritical because he tried to get into gigoloing. And it would also be hypocritical of Gaspar to get upset about his fiance being involved in the school when he's literally going to school to become a gigolo, right? Yeah. It's, it's the policing of women's sexuality versus men's sexuality.
0: Yeah, and I think they do an okay job with the fact that they it once again turn... All this language normally used, kind of weaponized at women into things about men to show the absurdity of it all. But if they could just connect these dots a little bit better, I'd be like, that was a pretty interesting movie, even though it was just, you know, goofy. They, like, had a message to say. But instead you get, like, two throwaway jokes about each message. And, like, it just wouldn't be that hard to put it all together, you know?
1: They... Instead, they had, it's like, because they rehashed all the jokes in the Mm -hmm. previous one. Just in case you forgot what the first movie was about, they had to have those same jokes. I just, I wish they hadn't done that. Hmm. It was lazy, and I feel like that's Rob Schneider's fault. I'm just going to put the blame on him for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he made a sequel where he didn't have enough stuff for a sequel. I mean, what do you want?
1: There was plenty of stuff for the sequel.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, he didn't have enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote the story specifically, and then a few people helped him with the screenplay, so.
1: Yeah. How about, let's talk about why they made this. Yeah. So they made this movie because Rob Schneider wanted to move to Amsterdam.
0: Yeah. He spent, what, six months there and thought it would be fun?
1: Yeah. And there's a story in the trivia that says he knew this was going to be a bad movie when his crew got really high and started doing, like, irresponsible amounts of doing marijuana. They doing started marijuana. like smoking irresponsible amounts of, of marijuana and coming to the set high, and he's like, oh, shit. That's what he says, but he also got super offended when someone said this movie was bad.
0: Yeah, I actually think that that's a, a fun thing to talk about is, man, Rob really did not take criticism of this movie well
1: at all. No, he didn't. Let's talk about it. He got into a feud involving... Roger Ebert, and another... Um, uh, Patrick Goldstein. Yes. He... Goldstein said that his movie was bad. He said that...
0: He, he said that there should have been an Oscar for best-running penis joke delivered by a third-rate comic.
1: And then Schneider wrote a full... Like, he he bought a full-page ad in... Um, like two Hollywood magazine, like tabloids, like the mm-hmm. uh, the Daily Re- Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, and it was just like an attack on Goldstein.
0: But here's the thing: and- I think Rob Schneider was. I, I don't blame him for this because he had that review or he had that uh, criticism of the movie before Goldstein had seen the
1: movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, I, that's I, I, fair. That's
0: unfair journalism, and if you're going to attack a comedian. Quote, unquote. I don't know if Rob Schneider counts. Um, <laughs> going to attack a comedian. You should be ready to kind of like, you know, get razzed back. Yeah. And Rob Schneider said that Goldstein was lucky that there was not a category for the Pulitzer Prize uh, for best third rate unfunny pompous reporter who's never been acknowledged by his peers. Which is a pretty good burn.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Then again, it's a sequel to his other joke
1: that's true roger ebert then said like mr schneider your movie sucks so it caused like this feud and then later when roger ebert had to get um he had to have surgery and rob schneider sent him some flowers like i guess to smooth it over but yeah i mean i just think it's really funny that he there's like the a whole little feud about this stupid movie
0: <laughs> yeah this movie that is just garbage but like oh there's some funny stuff to it i it if you're going to review movies, you have to watch the movie before you can, you know, review it yeah. in my opinion. I think that's This movie
1: is not the it's
0: That's not too crazy a thing to say. <laughs> um, it's
1: not the worst movie we've seen.
0: No, it's not. I thought you said uh Master of Disguise was not as bad as this movie and I was like
1: Oh, oof. no, 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 no. No, this 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 movie is uh much better than Master of Disguise.
0: Yeah, I mean, what can you say? The movie was pretty bad, but
1: I did enjoy the dolphin scene. I liked when the dolphin bit the old person on the leg. I thought that was very funny.
0: Yeah, there were some, some jokes that hit. Um, there was a lot that didn't. They got so close to not making fun of uh, rape and sexual assault. But then in the end credits, they did it. And that they was, had
1: to put it in there. That was a there. big
0: disappointment. It was like Rob Schneider woke up at night. He's like, wait, add this into the end. I almost forgot. Because in my mind, Rob Schneider wakes up in a cold sweat if he doesn't say something offensive
1: he is like a vampire except he has to tell racist jokes or do racist caricatures instead of drinking blood
0: what if rob schneider has to tell a thousand and one racist movies <laughs> so that he can get out of his body and back to uh his original body? rachel
1: mcadams <laughs> body yeah it was originally
0: like that Nickelodeon show was what I was trying to reference, but yeah, it was but with also the, the dog. Hot chick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what if instead of doing an Adam Sandler script at the end we have to do a Rob Schneider script?
0: <sighs> that, that should be like a punishment if you lose, you have to do another you have to do a Rob Schneider is the.
1: I think we could make a TTRPG where you play Rob Schneider making his next movie. We could, it could be like, didn't we make a movie or make a a game where you have to like pitch a scenario?
0: Okay. So I'm going to point out. It could
1: be like, it could be like our um, teleconferencing game, but it's Rob Schneider pitching his next movie.
0: You (laughs) told me when we made that game, I couldn't add a part in where as a big developer, you purposely add in offensive shit to get more buzz (laughs) because you said it was too mean and it would make people say bad things.
1: Yes, but if the if the whole game's <laughs> if the whole game's purpose is to be Rob Schneider, then that's just called role playing, baby.
0: I mean, the original purpose was to make fun of, you know, Wizards of the Coast, which has a bunch of racist shit in their games.
1: Well, Alex, what are we what are we watching tomorrow?
0: <laughs> what are we watching tomorrow? It's probably the best movie on this list. We're watching Grandma's Boy. And I don't know people are like that's your favorite movie here. Yes, it is. Stars Alan Covert. That's a plus. And uh, it's kind of about video games, a little. And Those uh, are
1: Alex's two loves. Yep. It goes Alan Covert, video games, and then me.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you shuffle in uh, above video games, but never above <laughs> Alan.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen this movie. Uh, I do like grandmas, though. A big fan of grandmas. Yep um so i'm uh i'm interested in that i i do know that the grandma in this movie is the grandma from everybody H- loves raymond right
0: you almost said everyone hates raymond i, I, I heard that <laughs> i did yeah uh, same grandma But the
1: thing is i have not seen everybody loves raymond but i have seen everybody hates chris which might explain my snappy there interesting and i know that everyone likes that actress
0: yeah she's great so. uh she, she's good in the movie too um other than that and though, we're gonna
1: we're gonna have a guest on that on that episode. Oh
0: yeah, we'll we'll see a person I talk about a lot, Ben, mm-hmm. he'll be there. You'll get enough of him. You
1: will. Yes.
0: He's a lot to handle is how he literally, um, if you've listened to this, introduced himself to Joe's fiance.
1: Well, you can find our podcast at Laugh At Him Pod on Twitter, and you can find our games at wannabegames.com. Where you can find the teleconferencing game that we were talking about where you can play it over Zoom. It's designed to be played in a forty minute Zoom call. And it's free. It's it is free. Uh we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash wannabe games, but don't give it don't give us money right now. Why don't you instead donate to it's a good organization you can donate to today. And I'm just gonna say the bail project again. <laughs> donate to the bail project. Just just give people go find a community bail fund.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to shout out that our Kickstarter backers from Moonpunk came and rose up to our call, and we matched their donations, and we ended up donating $658 to the Bail Project this week, Um, and we'll have another smaller donation in a few days.
1: Um, Fun fact, if if you buy Moonpunk, you get an automatic ticket to heaven.
0: Uh, We can legally say that because heaven doesn't exist. Strike me down, God. God. (laughs) Bring it. (laughs) god's really alan covert i figured it out
1: uh you can find me on twitter at adjaska actually god is alanis morissette but that's fine but you can find me on twitter at at, at adjaska
0: actually alanis morissette is also alan covert and you can find me at kitty crusade i uh will be tweeting at alan covert apparently
1: and i've got one hand in my pocket and the other one is saying please take my wife
0: please take my alan covert wife